You know, we can talk about community, and that could be a big uh, nebulous idea for us. We could even talk about families, and that's sort of a smaller nebulous sort of group for us. But when we talk about relationships, when we talk about, hey, how am I doing in my relationship with you? How are you doing in your relationship with one another? So tonight what we're going to talk about is what does it take to have godly relationships? And what it's going to take is the power of love. It's going to take the power of love to work together in community. Amen? So I looked up the lyrics for Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News. You might not have heard of them. I'm not singing it. Um, Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I like, I actually like the first uh, stanza. So it says, the power of love is a curious thing. It is powerful, but sometimes it's very curious. Makes one, one man weep. Makes another man sing. Change a hawk to a little white dove. More than a feeling, that's the power of love. Tougher than diamonds, rich like cream, stronger and harder than a bad girl's dream. Don't know about that. Make a bad one good. Make a wrong one right. Power of love that keeps you home at night. And then the chorus... I love the course. It says, you don't need money, don't need fame, don't need no credit card to write this train. It's strong and it's sudden and it's cruel sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of love. So we're talking about... <laughs> I think that was Huey in the audience tonight. But what will it take to have godly relationships? It takes the power of love. And we're going to talk about how we're going to do that. So the question is, and this is what I have for you, crowd participation, because I know you love it. What does it take to have good relationships? Shout it out. Connection. Connection. You're at the first class, second class, all right. Communication. Jesus. All right. That's our youth talking right there. Loyalty. Time. Honesty. Patience. Yes. Sacrifice. Over here, Bianca. Food. What does it take to have godly relationships? Obviously, the food. References to the bread of life, I'm sure. Chris. What? Grace. That's right. It takes a lot of grace. Way in the back. Openness. A lot of good answer. Gus, last one right here. What? Forgiveness. Wow. He read my notes for tonight. So he gets a bonus. But yeah, there's a lot of things that it takes to have good relationships with one another. But is it our goal to have good relationships? Is it your goal? So tonight, before we jump into it, I want you to think about yourself for a minute, just for a minute. Is when we look at your relationships, sometimes when we talk about 
examining for ourselves, we can take this bird's eye view way up high, far, far away. And if we're taking the bird's eye view, we may not get in touch with, hey, where am I at? And if you're taking the bird's eye view, then you might be a bird. <laughs> but we're not birds. We are human beings, and so I'd like for you tonight take the on-the-ground view. Where am I at tonight? Don't worry about this person to this right side of you. Don't worry about this person on the left of you. Don't worry about your spouse. You might be thinking, man, I'm glad they came tonight because they really need to work on our relationship. But I don't want you to do that. Tonight, on the ground, firmly planted on the ground thinking, hey, where am I at tonight? Can we do that? So if we do that, then we're going to talk about what are your relationships like. Okay? And, and I just want to center us. I just want us to feel like we're engaged. And if you are on the ground, then you'll be engaged about tonight. Amen? So, there's going to be two parts tonight. And I'm excited Ralph will be teaching the first part. And that's his music, sort of like coming up to bat. We have player music, but that's going to be Ralph coming up. And he'll speak on... What will it take for the power of love? It will take a commitment to unity. That's what it's going to take. The power of love, what will it take? Secondly, it will take working through conflicts. Amen. You know, if we're going to have good relationships, we've got to be willing to work through our conflicts. Amen? Amen. 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 So, to continue, here's Ralph Lua. All right. There you go. All right. Thank you, Larry. It's, it is awesome to uh, really delve into these topics because uh, really this is what church should be all about. It should be all about the type of uh, relationships that we can have one another that, that strengthen us, that make us better, that get, get us to heaven. Uh, that help us to change, that help us to be transformed continually. I know that all of us, when we became Christians, we changed a lot. Some of, some of us more than others, right? It was a huge, gigantic leap in change. But God doesn't expect us to, you know, just stop there. That as soon as we were converted, as soon as we became Christians, it stops, it ends there. God wants us to continue to grow. And a vehicle for that is God's church. And the way that happens in a real way is through our relationships. Amen. And so there's power in our relationships. God wants our relationships to be powerful, not to be superficial, not to be uh, legalistic, not to be traditional, but to be real and powerful and deep. That's what God expects in our relationship in God's church. Amen. I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of the titles for these Wednesday nights have been uh, based on songs and old uh, 80s songs, really, right? Yeah. Mostly from the 80s. One of those is We Are Family. Can anybody sing that song, We Are Family? That's good. Keep it going. Keep it going. That's good. All right. Now, dun, 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 d
Some of, you know, so, and so the young people know these songs. It's from, they're from the 80s. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, Marty's favorite, The Power of Love by Huey Lewis. Right? So it's been some of the titles that we have. But, you know, it, is, it really is about love. Uh, first time I came out to church was back in 1990. Uh, it was uh, during the summer uh, of, actually, the end of the summer uh, of 1990. And I came out to church in, at the uh, Wilchin Theater back then. And uh, I remember, you know, just a service in a theater was pretty impressive to me. But I don't really remember the sermon. Uh, I'm sure it was awesome. I'm sure it was great. It typically was. But what I remember was the love. What I remember, I mean, what just kind of hit me, was it was like a, a wave that just hit me was love. Is these people really love each other? There's love in this room. People actually care about me. They don't even know me. And, and the love was just so evident and so clear. There was a power there. And I think because of that love, God was able to work in great ways for me to be converted and for many other people to be converted as well. This, there's power in that. Amen. And it really comes, comes from having a commitment to unity and being committed to what God is all about. And, and we've we got to be committed to be united in God's love. Amen? And love is really what it's all about. When you think about in the book of Revelations, as, as, they're, you know, writing, as, as John is writing to the, different, the message to the churches, you know, the message to the church in Ephesus is to remember your first love. And I remember, you know, in my case, all the love that was given to me in my relationships. I remember the brothers who taught me how to pray. You know, the first time I went out to pray, and I remember the first time they said, Hey, let's go out to pray. I want to teach you how to pray. And I'm like, well, okay, that's fine. And, and uh, I went out there with Darius and Mike Lom, and we went out to pray. And, and, and they said, okay, you pray five minutes. We, uh, you know, I'll pray five minutes. You pray five minutes. And I pray ten minutes. You pray ten minutes. And then five minutes and five minutes. And I said, five minutes? What am I going to say for five minutes? Ten minutes? I had no idea. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to do it. But they taught me. And as, as I heard them pray, they're like, Hey, I can pray about that. I can say that. I can say that as well. And so I learned and they taught me. They took the time to teach me. And so then it was my turn to teach other people as well. And what did I do? What they did with me, I did with someone else as well. When I went through difficult times in my life spiritually, tough times, times when I sinned, times when I fell, the brothers were there for me. The brothers lifted me up. The brothers helped me. Amen? Amen. And so because they did that for me, they expressed their love in my life. I was able to do the same thing as well. It is that unity in the chain of love that, that brings power to the church. And, and it's when we stop that chain, that's when the power goes out of the church. When we stop loving one another, when we stop receiving and seeing the love from other people and imitating that and giving it to others, when we stop that, then we can look around and say, you know what, there's not a lot of love here. Because we're not part of that chain of love that really makes a, an impact of unity in God's church. And so we need to remember our first love. Amen. Here's a scripture for the theme for tonight uh, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1 to 3. It says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. That's challenging right there. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. 
It says, make every effort. That means it takes work. It's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to be automatic. It's not like, hey, you know what? I'm a church now, and we're just automatically going to love each other. Right. You know what I've learned is at, at, at being married, being a parent, being in friendships, it takes work. Now, it's good work. It's not bad work. But it takes work. Yes. We actually have to deny ourselves. We actually have to give of ourselves. We have to sacrifice things. Amen? Amen. Because we love one another. Because we care about one another. And the Bible says, make every effort. And I love that. It says, to keep the unity of the Spirit. You know, love and unity, this type of unity is something that should be felt. You know, your spirit feels it. Because it's God's Spirit inside of us. And you feel, hey, you know, we're, we're together here. We're on the same page. We all want the same thing. Because Jesus loved us first and we love as well. And so we're united in that love. Amen? Amen. And we have that unity that keeps us together. What makes it hard to keep the unity in our relationships? Disagreements. Do we always agree on everything? No. You know, you can, you can go from sports teams to politics to any anything. What, what's your favorite color? And sometimes we disagree and we allow disagreements to divide us. Instead of understanding that, hey, you know what, this is part of the work Part of the making every effort. Misunderstandings. Have you ever misunderstood what someone else was trying to do? Or, or not do? Or say or not say? Yes. You took it the wrong way? Yes. You know, there's a saying uh, that Chapulín Colorado, I don't know if he's a Mexican superhero. He's, a, he's, he's the red grasshopper, the Chapulín Colorado. Uh, he used to say, you know, take it, uh, take it the best way possible. Tómalo de lado amable. In other words, don't read negative into it. Take it positively. You know, really believing the best in one another. Yes. Takes work, takes effort because we can be suspicious. We can believe, well, you know, maybe they were trying to hurt us. Maybe they were trying to do something against us. Sometimes we feel judged. Right? We feel judged. We feel like, oh, that person, every time I look at them, I know they're looking at me and saying, oh, he's not doing what he needs to do. He's not good at this. He's not good at that. Or, you know, there he is again. You know? And you feel judged. Do you like hanging out with people like that? No, right? We, we don't like that. We, we, but, you know, so we can have that inside of us. We're just kind of judging one another. It's like, what's up? That's not love. You know, hurt feelings can divide us. You know, how many of us have had our feelings hurt in the church? Okay. I know Bruno's going to get baptized on Saturday in the teen ministry. Amen. It's awesome. Bruno, stand up. Hey, uh, go ahead. Uh, keep, stay standing, Bruno. Um, has anybody ever hurt you in the church? Yeah, and you, and you grew up in the church, right? Okay, you can sit down now. That's right. But you know what? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, uh, you know, we can get all freaked out and say, what's going on? You know, how could it be? How could it be? Well, the, the reason it can be is because we're involved in each other's lives. If we're not involved in each other's lives, then we just kind of go around our merry way and nobody's really rubbing anybody the wrong way and everything's fine. But because we're involved with one another, there are going to be times when we can hurt each other's 
feelings. You know, it says, make every effort to keep the unity of spirit through the bond of peace. I love that. The bond of peace. That should be our heart with one another to be bonded in peace because of our peace that we have in our salvation with Christ and with God. Amen? And you know, God expects us to be worthy of the calling we've received. To be worthy of Jesus. You know, we love because He first loved us. And so when we're talking about love, we're not talking about our idea of love. We're talking about loving as Jesus loved us. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And you know, the more I study the Bible, the longer I've been a Christian, the more amazed I am by what high of a calling Jesus' love is. I just, man, this is tough. It's tough to be so forgiving. It's tough to be so patient. It's tough to turn the other cheek. It's tough to trust God. It's tough to say, hey, I know you asked for my shirt, but here's my jacket also. No, but that's, you know, that's a long time ago. That's, you know, Jesus was just, you know, making a point. No, he was expressing a heart. Love your enemies and pray for them. Whoa, that's tough. That's difficult. You know, but the Bible does call us to each one of us to be worthy of the call as a disciple in our relationships. And I want to ask you a question tonight. In your love for one another, in your relationships, in our relationships, are we being worthy of God's calling? And as, as Larry was saying, I want us to go away from the bird's eye view, from the drone view. I want us to go down to just thinking about us. Am I being worthy of God's calling in the way that I am loving and being involved in the relationships within the church? Because that's what it, that's what it really is about. You know, we very easily, especially if we've been in the church for many, many years, can say, well, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is not good, this is not good, this needs to change, he's this, he's that. Very, very easily. But, you know, are we being part of that chain of love in our relationships with one another? As I have loved you. Amen? The truth is, conflict happens. <laughs> it, ha- it happens between adults. Yeah, it's true. It happens between the youth. No. The youths amongst us. Surely not. Conflict even happens parent with kids. Wow. Can it be? It's possible. It's possible. They happen. And you know, this is something that I think is so important that we learn. Is that we learn to speak the truth to one another in love. The Bible says in Matthew 18.15, If your brothers or sisters sins, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. And then in Matthew 5.23 it says, uh, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. So what does it mean? When someone sins against you, you need to go. When you're sinned against, well, I hope he comes and talks to me because, you know, he blew it. I'm going to wait. No, the Bible says you need to go. We need to go. 
And I think that's something we need to work in the church, to speak to the, the truth to one another in love, to persist in our relationships. One thing that I love about the church is we don't have a clergy laity. We don't have a sense of, hey, well, the ministers are here and, and then the deacons are here and then, uh, you know, kind of down the line and then Larry's kind of right here and, and then, you know. You, no, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Yeah. And we need to love each other. Yeah. And I love this scripture here. It says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Amen. Above all means, this is really important. It's a priority. Whose sins does it cover? The person you're loving? Or your own? I think both. You know, when I love someone, I really feel like God is living through me. I feel more spiritual at that time perhaps than any other time. And I know that I'm also helping that person to overcome the sins in their lives. Brothers and sisters, we're in this challenge together. And that's a great thing. We don't have to do it alone. And the way that we're going to do it is through the power of love and expressed in our unity together. Amen? Amen. So the second thing is working through. Uh, I don't know if that's a phrase you've ever heard of. So in my world as a therapist, that is a very common phrase. Working through. Um, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Not like that other guy. (laughs) He's illegal. Um, you know that you might wonder what is a marriage and family therapist Uh, technically speaking we are trained and we get an education in helping people work through their relationships that's what our training is in and um, you might say oh great you know with you know me and my wife I, I need to get some counseling with uh, me and my kids I need to get counseling well it also means working through past relationships past hurts you know starting with you know wherever you know it, it seems to trigger you know many times for me as a therapist it, it seems in working with people it goes back to their relationship when they were growing up and, and the reason for that is God created us for relationships. Right. That's the truth. God created us for relationship. It's very hard if you, if you look through the, the overarching themes of the Bible, it's very hard to miss that. Right. You know, God created man to have a relationship with him. God's calling. Jesus is calling. Hopefully I got that right. Um, So next would be lightning. Um, 
you know, God created then woman out of man for relationship. Or, as one of my ministers from my past said, you know why he created a helper? Because man needs help, right? That is so true. There you go. But you know, we are, biblically, the theme is clear. We are made for relationship. I want you to think about that. We aren't made to ride solo. <laughs> Some of us are disappointed. You know, we aren't made to live in a bubble. You know, we, we aren't made to live behind wall upon wall upon wall. You know, and only use our cell phone to make contact. We are actually made for relationship. So, so when you think of working through, it makes sense, right? It makes sense because there's conflicts in relationships, right? And you know, when there's conflicts in relationships, you know what happens? We get wounded. Conflicts in relationships wound. Right. You know, transactions just mean we miss an appointment, uh, a deal doesn't go through, um, a call gets canceled, you know, the professor doesn't show up, so no class. Woohoo! But when something goes wrong in a relationship, there's wounds. Okay, that is a truth. And we can see that also in the book of Genesis. God was filled with pain that he created man. Conflict. Conflict is biblical and it creates wounds for us and it even created wounds for God. Right. So, we've, as we talk about community, as we talk about actively forming this hedge around one another, as we talk about how are your relationships in your family, among families, across families, as we talk about mentoring, we're going to have conflicts. We just are. And then you think, but wait, he made us for a relationship. Why would he do that? Well, that's why he sent Jesus, right? So conflicts will happen. And we have to be real about that. So, I'm going to show you a clip here from a movie. We bought a zoo. Anybody see that movie? Okay. This is actually the opening scene. And uh, what it is is Matt Damon plays a father. He, he's married and has two kids, a 14-year-old boy and a younger daughter. Now, the movie opens in the context that uh, there's been a great tragedy. Okay? And the family is looking to get a new and fresh start. But the 14-year-old boy and his father keep butting heads. So let's watch. 
the emails about your lack of effort, you know? Okay? You either know where the book is or you don't. Dad, it's whatever. Look, I'll know it when I get to school. You know what? Whatever is the laziest word of the 20th century, all right? I'm, I've had it with whatever. I don't want to hear it again in this century ever again. Whatever is over. He says it all the time. He won't have anything left to say in this century. I'm not letting you out of the car until I get a new word. You know, you got to focus, man. If you focused as much on your homework as you do on your artwork, you'd have it all. But as it is... Dad, I finished the seventh tower. You're going to get an F. Delicious. Thank you. Good word. Dad, nobody's going to give an F to a kid whose mom died six months ago. What does pernicious mean? It's uh, causing insidious harm or ruin. Causing damage. That was an SAT word for you. <laughs> so, this, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, this might seem like a little conflict. But I think if, if you're in a family, um, th this is kind of where things live, right? In the little conflicts. And they're sort of just trying to get at each other a bit. They're a little tired of each other, you know, like... Like, I think it really is true when, when kids are born and they enter adolescence. I think I don't know is the only words they know. Or, you know, or, or fine. Fine would be another one. You know, so, how was your day? Fine. Well, what was great about it? I don't know. So, how was your hangout time? It was good. You know, as a parent, you just kind of... Okay, let's try to work on that. But there can be other bigger conflicts in our marriage. You know, I, I say this a lot, and I think my wife will agree. But that, that first year was crazy making. Now, we've been married 21 years now. But that first year was like, Man, she looks like my wife. She even sounds like my wife. She goes to the same job as my wife. That's not my wife. So we can sometimes have bigger conflicts. Maybe even your household, right? So here, here's the tough part with roommates, right? Like... They don't do their own dishes. Wait, I bought that. I swear I put it in the fridge last night. And it's gone. Well, I, I, when I lived in a single household, one brother felt so guilty he didn't eat at all. He left like a little bit. That was that guilty conscience left over. I was thinking, just eat it then. But we all have conflicts, right? So, instead of working through, what do we sometimes do? Huh? Get bitter. Get bitter. 
What else? What else do we sometimes do instead of working through? Stuff it. Avoid it. Get angry. Blow up. Argue. Yeah. We do a lot of things instead of working through. And I would say, that's why I have a job. <laughs> you know, there's always job security. So one of the things we do instead of working through is we practice avoidance. So the avoidance is the idea of just putting on another mask. You know, it's like, you're mad and then... I'm good. I'm awesome. I'm bulletproof. Do you avoid? The majority of us avoid. Sometimes we overcompensate. That's a nice way of saying fight back. You know, we're, we're not going to take anything from anybody. I don't care what the ring says. That was my first year in marriage. And uh, we overcompensate by just fighting and fighting and fighting until they know exactly how I feel. So instead of working through, sometimes we overcompensate. And then, lastly, instead of working through, sometimes we just surrender. You know what? I give up. You know, have it your way. I'm out. You know? So you might, you might feel like, oh my gosh, I do all of these. <laughs> Not to worry, this is, as I've heard it say, common to man. These things are common for all of us. So what happens when we do these things, do these things instead of working through? Well, it's a little thing that we call, in my world, splitting. We split. Another way of putting it is like we cut off. So sometimes in a relationship, my relationship with this person, we cut off. Okay, they can't hurt me if I cut them off. And if that doesn't work, then we cut off this way. Okay, I'm going to cut off feeling things and I'm just going to operate out of my head. I'm going to be a lawyer about everything. So the pattern that ends up happening when we cut off is we split. What's that the opposite of that we've been talking about? Unity. So we split. You know, what splitting is, is when, when someone upsets you, they are the worst person in the world. The next day, they are nice to you, they bring you flowers, and they are the best friend you've ever had. So now you're splitting the same person. They're all good Monday, they're all bad Tuesday, and the cycle begins. Okay? So when we go with these 
these types of coping skills instead of working through. That's what these are. We, we cope by avoiding, we cope by overcompensating, we cope by surrendering. When that happens, we lose unity. We split. Okay? And that hurts us. Those are the wounds that we're talking about. Does that make sense? So, to work through means we have to repair our relationships. We have to understand that part of a great relationship is repair. Because remember, we said that a part of all relationships, there's conflicts, right? And so if conflict comes with the package, then repair must be part of the relationship. Why is it important to work through? Because we need to heal from those wounds. You know, you leave an open wound. You know, I actually was playing softball back uh, when I was in the church in San Francisco. We had a year-round sports league in the church. Played softball. And uh, I remember we played against the, the best team. We were undefeated, but we played against the next best team. And I let off. And uh, they scouted us, and they said, and this was true, we, we all decided we're going to take the first pitch. We always take the first pitch. Well, they scouted us, and so he threw a lollipop. And I slugged it, and I got a triple. But I slid into third base with shorts on, and I was so tough, I said, I'm not dusting any of that dirt off. And then it got infected, and then it started pussing, and da-da-da-da-da. So relationships wound us if we don't take care of them. They kind of puss out themselves. You like the uh, analogy there? So the reason we need to work through is because we have to heal. We have to be made whole. We have to be brought back to unity. Salvation actually means to be made whole. Okay? The same scriptures that use the word saved in the Bible actually are also translating different verses meaning healed. So we need healing in our relationships. And if, if we make the effort to work through and repair, these efforts unify us. And we heal in our relationships. So what do we need to do? The first step Self-reflection and taking feedback. Are you a person that thinks about your actions? Are you a person that reflects on things you've said? Because we need to. The Bible says to train yourself to be godly. That's part of the training. You know, Hebrews says we need to move on from elementary teaching. And that's part of that, is training yourself. And if, if you do self-reflection, amen. But are you also willing to take feedback? That scripture in Ephesians 4, it says to be humble and gentle. Bearing with one another. So are you willing to take feedback? Because that's part of repair. Are you willing to hear 
what somebody needs to say. Second thing is we need to be vulnerable. And what does it mean to be vulnerable? It means to take a risk. To be willing to be open. And you say, to be open about what? Well, sometimes it means to be open about your fears. You know, when I was talking to my daughter uh, a few weeks back, and uh, I said, and the best, maybe, maybe not, but to me the best thing about now having kids is there's power school. Anyone know what power school is? I don't have to keep bugging my kids about their grades. I can just look on them online. So awesome, right? But I took my daughter out to dinner and I said to her, Hey, uh, I noticed you're... Your grade drops a little bit there. And she just, the conversation, the friendly conversation at dinner just went. <laughs> so I just enjoyed my Ajisan ramen. <laughs> but when I asked her about it after dinner, because I didn't try to dive right in, uh, she said, I got afraid that you thought I was a bad person when you asked. And maybe it comes with the whole Asian thing, I don't know. Um, so we, we need to be open about our fears. We need to be open about our needs. So this is me sharing about my daughter again. Um, so today we drove to uh, school, and uh, I have these morning drives with her when I drop her off. And uh, to, uh, my wife... No, this was yesterday. <laughs> All right, 50. It doesn't, it doesn't click like it used to. Um, <laughs> So yesterday, uh, neither my wife or I could pick up my daughter right after school, so she had to go to the library until one of us could. And the last time that happened, she kind of had a bad attitude about it. So this talk, yes, yeah, sure, unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. <laughs> Not my daughter. But um, so yesterday I had a talk with her driving. I said, hey, you need to have a good attitude about this. The goal isn't that we inconvenience you. The goal is to food, put food on the table. we got to work. The amazing thing that was awesome is I got back home last night, or, yeah, last night, and she was happy, and she was joyful, and really just, really had a bounce in her step. And it was one of those things, and I paid her a compliment on that today. But I think it really helps them when they know what our need is. I needed her to cooperate. That was my need for her. So we need to be vulnerable in that sense, because sometimes I like to, I'm one of those avoiders. I sometimes avoid those kind of talks because of the pushback. You know? But I can't avoid that. You can't avoid that. And finally, we have to be ready to be vulnerable and share our feelings. When we've been hurt, when someone's hurt us, we need to be able to share our feelings. Okay? Does that make sense? Yes. Now, we can only be vulnerable like that if we feel like it's safe. So in this idea of being open in our relationships, you know, the Bible does talk in Matthew 18, if, you know, if, if the person doesn't listen, you know, bring two or more. You know, if we don't feel safe, there's sort of protocol for that. You know, so, so those are important things to mention too, but, but the goal here is to understand we need to be vulnerable. Amen? Amen? If it's safe, and as a therapist, 
The tests, the studies have shown that if, if my client feels safe, he'll be vulnerable, she'll be vulnerable. It's, it actually produces better outcomes than any of the interventions I do, is their sense of safety in the relationship. Amen? So, I want to show you this. This is another clip from uh, We Bought a Zoo. And the phrase in here is 20 seconds of courage. And uh, the prep for this is that the 14-year-old boy had gone into, at this point, a dating relationship and then they had conflicts. Shocker. But the overriding challenge has continually been his relationship with his dad. So this is a scene where they've got this zoo and the tiger that they're taking care of is about to die. And it's sort of a subdued moment that kind of opens up for an opportunity for them to talk. So let's watch this. something she told me or something. But I liked her. It's so to embarrass yourself if you say something. You embarrass yourself if you don't. I like you when you talk. You know, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage, just literally 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery. And I promise you, something great will come of it. I never know what to say to you. Why don't we just tell each other what we wish the other guy would say? I'm sorry I brought you out to the six. You're a great dad. Did your best, Dad? You 
20 seconds of insane courage to be vulnerable. That's what he's talking about. So the final thing to work through is we have to forgive. We need to choose to forgive instead of holding that resentment. Remember this verse? Make every effort. But what follows this verse is there is one body, one spirit, just as you are called to one hope when you are called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. There's one body. And I can't spell, but that's okay. <laughs> and you, again, the reason we need to work through is because this is our one body. This is the body God gave us. And we need to work through our relationships. Amen? Because if we work through, instead of splitting, we unify. We get closer. And the reason that's important is because it's like this. If we work on our individual relationships, if we work on our individual relationships, that forms the base for all these other things we have a vision for. You know, the relationships we have in our small groups, in our family, in our households. But even on top of that, the community that we want to have that vision for, that is what it will take, is in our individual relationships. We are committed to unity, and we work through our conflicts. Amen. That's our series. I hope you enjoyed it. That's it. Have a great fellowship. Yeah, you're just missed.